It's true. It's on the Wikipedia. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I'm joined, as always, by... I'm Chad, and I'm going to eat your soul and shit it out. I'm Mark, and I thought you only murder boys. I go both ways. Okay. Uh, so on the show, as you probably know by now, we each pick our favorite movie of every year we've been alive. We also talk about what the Oscars picked for the best movie of a particular year. And then to wrap things up, we pick up another movie that feels important to us in some way or another. Uh, today on Best Pictures, we're talking about the at the time unfairly judged, now reassessed horror comedy about a cannibalistic succubus in high school, Jennifer's Body. But before that, let's talk about what we've seen at the Megaplex. Hey, Cody, can I just interrupt real quick to point out that we didn't uh, interrupt through that entire time I, I, <laughs> were yeah. you, you, described, you were allowed to describe the movie the uh-huh. way you wanted to describe it and I, I think it went really a well smooth I, function of a show yeah. three years in we're really hitting our stride of the process well to um, be fair we've I, changed I, the I process a bit. <laughs> yeah we've changed the process several times and um, we will continue to. I came uh, really close to hopping in and just pointing out that that's the structure of the show presently, although it is it is subject to change moving forward. <laughs> it is subject yeah. to change starting in 2011, but we will talk about that whenever we get there. And I almost um, uh, interrupted to laugh at the, the suck part of the word succubus, but I didn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. That yeah. is funny. Because that's that funny. Is the... it, it's funny that that word means what it means and it's got the word suck in it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the origin of the word suck. Succubus and the word it sucks come from the same Latin root. Huh. That's not true. Okay. I mean, are you sure? Not. Because it sounded legit. I mean, maybe it is. Succubus it, it's not is consciously in... true. Yeah, broken is clock is right suck twice blood. Kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And anyway, look at us. Anyway, we, we got through the introduction without interrupting and then fully wasted an equal amount of time with uh-huh. what our interruptions would have been but cody so, got to flow through the description of the movie but i know we should nice. talk about what we saw at the megaplex i'll yeah, go first cody, i didn't see anything <laughs> mm. <laughs> good work then, i cody, Chad, i watch? moved for an entire week and made it to the quote-unquote megaplex twice yeah I'm, I'm i think to... i think there was some point during the week where you stopped moving and you Never. stood still for a second. Never. Never. I'm a How did shark, you sleep? baby. I'm a shark. <laughs> I was gonna Can't watch something on. Die. I was gonna watch something on Friday, but I had to work till like two a.m. and that just didn't work out. And then right. I don't know. I, I've been trying to like meet this like deadline for the WB Writing Fellowship, and I don't think I'm gonna yeah. do it. I got to write most of a pilot in seven days now. So by the time this episode comes seven out, days. I will have either submitted or not. But it'll be over. Get <laughs> at Chad and ask him. No, actually, probably don't tweet at Chad and ask him. Yeah, I might be yeah, like too sad to, Chad to tweet it. back. Fuck you. Um, Mark, you did make time for the Megaplex. I asked so. you already. What did you watch at the Megaplex? Oh, me? Okay. I saw... Well, here's the thing. I don't like movies. I like yeah, books. So I Same. opened the fucking book of Saw and a little spiral popped out. And I was like, what's this about? And... Uh, I mean, it's about people who trap people in murder games. <laughs> Not much of a surprise, but uh... no, it's kind of a book of saws all about that. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it, it's it's solid enough for what it is. It uh, it really positions itself as like a reimagining of the Saw franchise. And then you watch it 
And if you're like me and have watched the eight previous Saw films over the course of the past two months, you watch it and you're like, oh, no, it's it's just, it, it's a Saw movie. It doesn't really reimagine yeah. it much, but it is relatively standalone. So you could watch it. Um, and I think it's solid. It's one of the better Saw movies for sure. My point um, of view from just seeing the trailers, it seemed like this movie was going to be more focused on the detectives and it'd be more like a seven type thing. Whereas previous Saw movies are more focused on the victims is kind of my reason. Well, so here's the thing, right? They're uh, basically, they're about the detectives and the FBI and stuff a lot throughout. So that's not really all that different. But this movie is trying to be, it's trying to be about police reform, just like the seventh one, I believe, was trying to be about, um, (laughs) health insurance <laughs> so it's oh, like it's sort of got an idea it's sort of got an idea of what it's trying to do but at the en- end of the day it's just like there's traps but i don't know it's saw yeah. there's fun twist in the seventh it, one do they does someone get like trapped in a hospital and it wasn't their choice but they still have to pay millions of dollars for it no or? so they capture they capture um a bunch of like people who work at like the health insurance company like the people who uh, run it and stuff and basically oh, are so like jigsaw's you, the, you jigsaw's deny this the person coverage because of so i mean that's the thing throughout the franchise is like jigsaw is trying to be a moral villain he is always giving people chance uh, the ability to escape but they just have to live through their pain and they will have a transcendent moment of like understanding like he had previously so the idea is to take bad people run them through the pain gauntlet and then maybe they will be redeemed through cleansing blood seems unlikely I, i don't think that works yeah most of the time they just end up being J- fellow jigsaws <laughs> like normally that's what happens yeah pain doesn't make you good it makes you jigsaw right so um but no it's interesting i i think it's worth a watch it's got really good actors in it which is not something that is true necessarily at the rest of the franchise so that helps um because like somebody we'll talk about in two weeks um is in it um as Chris Rock's partner, and he's really good. Max Minghelia, I believe is how you pronounce his name. I'm not sure. Um, and then Samuel Jackson's always solid. Chris Rock, I don't know. Uh, he's a comedian from like the 90s, also a singer, yeah. has an yeah, Oscar sure. for yeah. uh, for uh, wow, Bla- Ray. I got there. What he are was you in, talking uh, about? He was hey, in hold, on, hold on, hold on, stop, Chad, stop. Okay. Mark, what are you talking about? Jamie Foxx has an Oscar for Ray. Right? Yeah. Chris Rock is who I'm talking oh, you about. Know the what? person and Saul. Yeah. I got them fucked up. You're right. So Chris Rock was <laughs> okay, the guy. Okay, sorry, Chad. Sorry yeah. I cut you off, but I had he to was, solve that. He was the guy in that Talking Funny special on HBO with the two rapists and uh, Ricky Gervais. Mm. That's Chris Rock. Right. He's the zebra in Madagascar. He's also the zebra. <laughs> <laughs> remember the dancing zebra on on internet? Do you remember that? No, I don't, don't remember not really. It was I think it was uh, YouTube Legends, Rhett and Link. They got in a, a zebra costume and they danced. Oh, that was, that was the video. Fun. 
It, but it looks. I gotta like look that up. That sounds. It looks sounds like the great. Madagascar zebra. It's, it's the, Got it. Not wait until this podcast is over so I can look that up. I'm so anyway, Chris, Chris Rock, I like in stuff. Um, no, why did this happen? And how did this happen? Jason in the waiting room. Who did this? Jason Hammonds. Jason. It's Jason. <laughs> how did you get this link? Hi. Hey. How did you? How did you? How did you get the link? Spiral. I hardly know her. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Hold on, I'm trying to work this one out. So, so is Jason Spiral? Is is that what we're learning? Jason he has spiraled is, his way into his computer and our the computers. jigsaw trapping us in this podcast to torture us. I just got spiral. I hardly know her. No, I just got back in from the book of saw and boy, are my arms tired. (laughs) Great. Great. Did you see the film? Do you have any perspective to add? Well, I'll tell you, I did see the film. And the one thing that I really came away from the film thinking is that um, Mark sent me a DM on Twitter saying hi. (laughs) on accident. Yes, that did happen. I, I've already told them about that. I meant to send it to the best pictures chat and the best pictures chat moved as I clicked it because mm. I was sending a picture of Guy Fieri as the Olivia Rodrigo album cover. It, it's all uh, makes sense. It's very, very, good, track. very good. Picture. Jason, I don't want you to think that I didn't. I don't want to say hi to you. You know, Mark, it did kind of feel as though you didn't want to say hi to me. I'll be I'm, honest. I'm sorry. It, but hi, I feel bad. It, I'm glad you're here. I uh I don't have a movie to talk about from this week at the Megaplex. Did you see a movie recently? Uh, did I see a movie recently? A um, new release boy, specifically. A new release specifically. Well, it depends on if um let's see if it depends on if Mortal Kombat, Chaos Walking, or um, Voyagers count as new releases. Talk about Chaos Walking. We've never talked about it on the show. That I never pulled the trigger to go watch it. So here's the thing about Chaos Walking. It's uh, a beautiful mess and. T- Tom Holland plays a character who can only generously be described as um, mentally uh, differently abled. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, he he. The entire movie is projecting his thoughts outward, and anytime he sees a girl, he can't help but think about you know peepee boner sex. <laughs> and so all he Sorry. does for yes. the entire movie is has an inner monologue saying. I am Todd Hewitt. I am Todd Hewitt. I am Todd Hewitt. I am Todd Hewitt. So that she doesn't hear his um, little boy sex thoughts. Yeah. So he's a horny little awful. boy. He's a horny little boy. But, and but, you just get him saying his name over and over for the entire runtime. I need to speak to Tom Holland's agent, I believe, <laughs> because somehow they are incredible enough to land him the role of Spider-Man so that he's like uh-huh. fucking good forever. Well, and then the they're like, but what if every ever invented by the way in the strangest yes. contract ever created, but also let's make sure every other project you're in is a fascinating disaster of sorts. <laughs> it's true. Here's the thing about it though. I don't think they are actually that good in terms of landing him Spider-Man because everyone auditioned for Spider-Man. Right. So that was purely just Tom Holland <laughs> being good. Like right. true. Everyone sure. who vaguely fits the role auditioned. They had like what, like as many as Han Solo in terms sure, of auditions. Yeah, yeah. I like for ten thousand fucking actors. Yeah, so did I. They yeah. didn't want me. It was yeah. bad. They said leave the room, please, and I I <laughs> didn't have a script except for the one that I wrote. Um, and but can you, was, you know, can you read that off for us? What your script said? <clears throat> uh, yeah, let me pull it up here. 
Yeah. I am Spider Man. I am Spider Man. I am Spider Man. I just my name is Peter Parker. What's, what's got me? What's got me <laughs> thinking about the Tom Holland thing is I saw the picture today where they're like first look at Uncharted and it's just him and Mark Wahlberg standing together. Just standing like, in a room. Yeah, it's like not great. Um, <laughs> From executive producer Avi Arad. My favorite parts of Uncharted is when you're standing in one room. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it's just he's in that project, which is like maybe yeah. that movie will end up being solid. But I mean, it most, is still I mean, most a disaster video game, getting most it video game adaptations are really solid. So we can only assume it's a good track record line. Yeah. And Avi Arad, the executive producer of that movie, also has a very good track record of making quality yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, and, and Mark Wahlberg as well. Good, good track record. And the production history of this movie is kind of like really seamless, came together really yeah. quickly. Yeah. yeah. Really quickly. Much like Chaos Walking, very easy, yeah. simple sort of production did, record. Did Charlie Kaufman write Uncharted. Uh, <laughs> I, I wish. <laughs> Who's the screenwriter? Uh, he, he just wrote the story treatment. That was all okay. Great. Okay. Okay. Um, I've been desperately trying to track down the first draft of Uncharted I, or of a, a Chaos Walking. I need to read what Charlie Kaufman's take Release on this Release the movie Kaufman was. cut, for sure. Release the Kaufman script cut. Yeah. Um, okay, so the Uncharted movie is being directed by the guy who directed Venom. Which and is- Zombieland. And zombie. Put some respect on that name. And Zombieland, double tap. Hey, we're a podcast. Like Zombieland. We're a podcast that respects Venom. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, hey, look, I respect Venom Zombieland. too. I actually yeah, Zombie respect Land. Zombieland. I respect Zombieland mostly from nostalgia. Uh, yeah, I just yeah. like don't think it holds up all that well. And then those people went on to write Deadpool, and you know, so I just am not into. And that's it. Cody's favorite superhero movie because it is one that is allowed to be funny, and the other superhero movies aren't funny. But they're, they're not allowed most... to be. They're yeah. Just not yeah, they're not allowed. Be. They're not allowed to say penis or balls or poop. Um, Dude, you're cracking that's, me up over that's here. the kind of comedy that I like. Deadpool hey. was the first superhero movie that asked the question: What if superheroes were allowed to be naughty and raunchy? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. well, what actually, if Gina after, was after to Kickass, show after oh, Super, right. after guys, <laughs> those don't count. They're not Marvel, though. Those aren't superhero movies, <laughs> guys. How? What do you? What, what do you think they're gonna be sneaking by those old? Those old. Disney exec. What kind of crazy I stuff do you think they're going to be doing? Deadpool's, Deadpool's going to walk out. He's going to walk out and he's going to pick up. He's going to pick up something and you're going to be like, what's he going to pick up? I don't know. You can never trust that it's guy. His, I mean, he's going to put on. Penis. He's going to put on. It's his dick. Is it his dick? No, it's more subversive. Okay. Oh, expecting how? Wait, and how? He puts on Mickey ears. What? Oh! <laughs> because he knows he's in a Disney movie. Because he now knows he's in a Disney, Disney movie. movie. Uh, he knows. He knows they bought it. Deadpool. That's the thing about Deadpool. He knows what's happening outside of the little box. The horrific thing, it. Cody, is one hundred percent. I'm like, I'd be willing to put my life savings on a bet that at some point yeah, in Deadpool three, he will be it's wearing not Mickey Mouse. A hard leap. I just what, what what kind of crazy credit do you think they're gonna put for Kevin Feige in the opening credits? What kind of like silly like how much how are they gonna roast him in the credits of the movie? How are they gonna Executive roast Kevin Feige? Dumbass Kevin Feige. Yeah. <laughs> wow, roasted. He might quit Fucking after roasted. that, honestly. He, he probably not, would. He might not let that happen. Because he's gonna yeah, have to quit like and take over Star Wars and then yeah. finally um, get a man in charge of Star Wars. Hey, yeah. No, Nothing we're a, women. We're a movie podcast, guys. <laughs> we, Jason, yeah. uh, 
are you planning on staying around the whole episode? Or do you just Hell want to no. Jennifer's body thoughts? <laughs> yeah. I got a, I got a, sh- I got a shepherd's pie to make. Did you say Jennifer's Ooh. body? Is that what you're yeah. talking about right now? Yeah. yeah. Well, not That's yet, awesome but movie. eventually. You got any? You want? You got any hot thoughts you want to drop? Absolute masterpiece. Yeah. It's oh. incredible. Super underrated. I, I, Karen Kuzama should be given a blank check forever for making that. Movie. Well, she's now making a Dracula movie. So good. Yeah. Good. Agreed. Give Karen Kuzama every horny movie ever. Yeah. I, I, I um, think that's the that call. Would, that would be her second horny movie, I think, unless you're super into Destroyer. <laughs> not, not I don't know what Destroyer is about. A, the Invitation has a little bit of weird cult horniness in it. Not nearly a as little bit. Honest, I haven't seen Eon poster, Flux, but Eon Flux definitely is horny a little movie. horny, right? Poster yeah. for Eon Flux movie. is kind of hot, so that might be kind of horny. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a very horny. Eon Flux is... I love that movie. I, I need actually, to watch it. I love the I love it. the cartoon from whatever the hell that that thing was called, Liquid Television. Um, mm-hmm. And I also I like the movie. Charlize Theron, everybody. It's all good. It's all good. Gail Ann Hurd produced that movie. Did you know that? Interesting. Yeah, it didn't mm-hmm. make money at the box office though. I just found I, I found out Gail Ann Hurd produced it by by googling it really quick. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean I know who Gail Ann Hurd is, so like you know it, it's a, it's a fact. And you know what we it's all an do. And you fact. know who else knows that? Deadpool. Yeah. Deadpool, Deadpool, does. Deadpool would also know. Deadpool knows he, all the meetings. The Deadpool like <laughs> Deadpool like goes to all the exec meetings, and he's there. I bet, I bet Deadpool is going to talk about how Hulk can't get his own movie. I bet he's going to talk about it, <laughs> mm-hmm, and like I he's going to be like, "Hey, where's Namor?" <laughs> he's definitely going to like look at Hulk and be like, "Huh." You look different now because there's a bunch of actors that have played the Hulk. They're different. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 He's gonna be like, hey, does this guy look a little different than before? He's gonna like have like, you know, he's gonna get like a, a freaking Don Cheadle, and he's gonna get Mark yeah. Ruffalo. And be like, what's up with these two? Guys? What's up with these two? He's. Have you guys ever seen that clip where Machine Gun Kelly is like playing the music for his new album for the music execs, and he like gets up gets on, on the, the table, table yeah. with people in suits, and he just starts stomping around and dancing, and it's Dead just cool. like a bunch of white men in suits they're gonna do that but it's gonna be deadpool and we're gonna yeah. have freaking kevin feige chapek <laughs> is gonna be there uh man the director for of every movie who i don't know who is directing marcus and mcfeely are gonna be there <laughs> yeah marcus yeah. and mcfeely have mm-hmm. to be there they for have sure. to for sure they, and yeah, and yeah. and then the door's gonna open and the russos are gonna like pop in and he's gonna be like i couldn't get these guys <laughs> uh, he's gonna pop in and be like, "Wow, the first gay character from Disney movies is back!" <laughs> oh God, they do like. Then he's gonna way. be pointing at Kevin Feige because he's calling <laughs> Kevin Feige gay because it lives in 2006 forever, and that's yeah. an insult in 2006. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah, it's that. Yeah, that's pretty I, cool. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Well, it's been good, guys. I just wanted to, yeah, to pop to, in, say hello, um, and uh, Mark, you're wrong. So uh, here we go. Wait, what am I? What am I? You know, that's probably true for whatever. It's for the it's for the end of the episode. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Whenever we <laughs> talk about Jennifer's body, just... your take is, is mm-hmm. the wrong way. Hey, Jason, have yeah, you seen Army gotcha. of the Dead? I haven't seen Army of the Dead yet. I meant to see it in theaters when it was playing, but it only played for freaking one week, and now I'm like, I'm gonna watch it on my TV. <sighs> okay. So, well, Mark was about to talk about that, so if you had any right. insight, but I well, I um, the only insight is that we just recorded a Disaster Girls episode about it, and they seemed like they had fun. Okay. I need to check it out. I have to watch and then check that out. It's a fun yeah. time. It's a, it's a, definitely a starter movie. Definitely a zombie movie. Mm. Uh, definitely a, not a Larry Fong Snyder movie. It's much brighter than Justice League. Not. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's not like a very bright movie, but 
it does I've not heard have that it like ends the... with zombie which is pretty fucking hilarious oh 100 well, like, the song zombie the, the song, song zombie. zombie by the cranberries yes awesome does yeah. he know what he's doing with these he needle drops know. yes maybe, absolutely maybe or not he's either really dumb or he has like the dumbest sense of humor yes it's one of those two things <laughs> no i think he just i think he's always thinking a step ahead where we expect him to be thinking they, I think. they asked him in an interview like talking about that song and he's like yeah i when i heard that song i was like man this is so like this is such a good song nobody has ever put it in a zombie movie before he's right like, that was his quote <laughs> it's not wrong. he was like that's why i had to do it and i thought like, you, i mean look, right. it's about as dumb as what i thought you were about to say which was i heard that song and i just thought this is so true <laughs> <laughs> so oh, you know he's, he's a sophisticated man and will never understand all the levels of symbolism in his movies and i respect him forever did you okay hold on <laughs> And I promise this is it. He okay. said in some interview that he wanted to, he was like, you know, I really like pushing the boundaries of like of course. art in film and that sort of thing. He's I want to make it sure. movies. And sometimes he misses. Yeah. Sometimes there, he wants to make something either like very pornographic or very religious is what he said. And everybody was like, Zach, you did it. You do it <laughs> constantly. Yeah, <laughs> he always. He that. It's like you've I mean, done it. If you, yeah, I, I, it's the, the I think I, my only uh, sort of contention with that point is that I think there's a fine line between pornographic and masturbatory, and I'm sure. not sure which side of that line he falls on. Right. You know, but, I think, I think sometimes it's confused. But claiming he's never made a religious movie when that's, oh, all that's that insane. Like, yeah, the Christ pose every single one of his, every I mean, single. <laughs> There's also his Moses line. allegory is uh, does Christ poses the whole time. There's yes. also yeah. a line between religious and self-worshipping. Uh, sure. Also kind of toes that line. <laughs> no. So we're, we're shooting on him so much, it. but he does seem like the nicest guy. Truly. He does. He seems <laughs> nice. Yeah. He's, yeah, he legitimately does seem nice. Everyone he seems who's like, worked with him. He Love seems him. like somebody I wouldn't want to personally hang out with because we're not on the same vibes. But if we interacted, I wouldn't ever be mad at him. Does that make sense? The, like, yeah. I think that's almost think the thing. I actually think that I think you'd go in being like, I don't think we're going to get it. And then he, he would you sell over. you. I yeah. think you would like, yeah, yeah immediately yeah, you're I, like, why I, do I love this guy? Right. I, we would get along and then I would be like, okay, but I don't want to go to the movies with him necessarily. But if we're hanging out at a barbecue, cool. Yeah, great. Hey. I just think honestly, like, I might. <laughs> if it's you and Zach hanging out, I think like you like mentioned Paddington 2 offhand and then he perks up and he's like Paddington 2. I love that movie. Let's talk about Paddington too. Oh, and then, then I'd be in. I'd yeah. be fucking down. A I think he'd surprise you. I, I, do. I don't know. I think you might have some takes on Paddington too. That might piss you off. You, you both <laughs> like it, but you like it for different reasons. I mean, I they should have like. kept that bear locked up. He was a bad bear. <laughs> should have locked <laughs> yeah. him up for good. They should have let him drown the, at the uh, end. Death penalty. <laughs> I Zach wonder. Is, go ahead. I wonder if he's the kind of guy that just like doesn't like his taste in movies doesn't even a little bit match up with what he makes. You know I what I mean? Like, wonder. I wonder if he watches yeah. completely yeah. different movies than what yeah. he makes. He uh, we asked Zach and he's like, listen, I actually think Young Wonka, Young Wonka is a exciting project. And I do think Paul King being able to do a full musical. I think it's exciting. I think we should give him a chance. Did you guys like, already talk right, about Zach. that? Th no, this episode? <laughs> that's that's the first time it came up. <laughs> it's got to come up, though. What? What's Young happening? Walker. I wanted to have a soda in his chocolate factory. 
Yeah. You got to find it's out. It's a musical what? directed by Paul King. I don't know. Sounds good. It is weird care. that it's a musical. But hey, I guess you get all, all those tiny slaves. Huh? I want to see where he got well, the tiny slaves. Oh, uh, I actually do not want to see where he got yeah, the tiny I think slaves. They can skip that part. <laughs> yeah, I think if there's anyone whose youth we needed to explore, it wasn't him. And if there's anyone we needed to explore it, I don't think it was Paul King. I think <laughs> yeah. Paul King could have done a million other things that probably would have been it is better. A, it is a bizarre you, combination. <laughs> Give Timothy me Gallo, a Taika Willy It's it's one of those movies that sounds wild enough that I'm like, all right, it's similar to like Detective Pikachu or Dora and the Lost City of Gold, where I'm just like, man, I don't even like. It doesn't seem blatantly bad in the way that some like the. I am a, a person, as you guys know, who is not against reimagined ip or ip or any of that stuff at all it is boring ip takes that i'm not into so like if we're gonna get fucking young wonka that's a musical by paul king i'm like let's go for it you know um uh jason i just decided that you're gonna be here for the third movie talk about a megaplex as well did you watch those who wish me dead i did not watch those who wish me dead so all right well what a guest (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, it, look, guys, it's been it's submissions weeks. I don't I haven't been watching anything. I just been in in the basement on my typewriter, just smoking a cigar. See, I've know? been in the bathtub, Trumbo style, working on my typewriter. I'm in my bathtub on my typewriter. <laughs> Jason, what is your opinion of Angela? Since you haven't seen the movie, you can still weigh in on Angelina Jolie as a like her career right now. What do you think? Her career right now, I think that um, she's made a lot of really bad decisions and is now in a position where she's completely out of control over what she's doing. And I feel very bad because she's one of our premier talents. I think she's good. And I think she's good in Those Who Wish Me Dead. Eternals looks like she'll have a somewhat solid role in it. She seems to love the Maleficent movies. Um, So, like, if she's doing what makes her happy. I I just am... I don't know if we're going to have a full... (laughs) Jaloas Angelina's aunts. I think Angelina's aunts. Sure. I don't know that we're gonna have that, but you know, I I do think she's good. Um, I I just think she really. I think it was a very misguided um, decision to try to start directing. Um, Uh, I think the movie Unbroken was uh, like just truly, in my opinion, could not have been handled worse for Mm -hmm. what the story was. You would say that it it. Uh, broke her she, before that she was unbroken her career certainly did not remain unbroken after that movie yes and people did not react well to by the sea either because no. it was just her Brad and Pitt also did not respond oh, well to by the that. sea yeah so I, I definitely think killer yeah yeah um but so also in those who wish me dead you have John Bernthal who I'm never upset to see I like him You've uh, got uh, the Tyler Perry <laughs> blanking on names. Tyler Perry's in there for one scene. Um, there he's not bad. It's just kind of like, well, all right, see you later. Little finger from Lady Game again? of Thrones. Yes, Aiden Gillen is in it. He he's good. Uh, Nicholas Holt. Nicholas is also Holt in is it. good in it too. Yeah, a lot of a lot of solid actors. I don't know. It it was just a acro- it was just across the plate for me. Yeah, you know? it's like a it's a firefighter movie. It's fun. Um, but what's weird to me is it's a Taylor Sheridan movie and I've been really hot, no pun intended on the firefighter See, thing, but I've been a hot on most go. of the rest of his movies. And that's it's why. the first Taylor Sheridan that he did not write. 
which uh, I think is the issue because he is a good writer. Yeah. Jason, what are you, do you like Taylor Sheridan? See, here's the thing. I love Taylor Sheridan's first couple movies. Like Hell or High Water is one of my favorite movies. Of oh, all it's time. So, good. so I can watch that movie a million times in a row and not Absolutely. get tired of it. Um, and, and Wind River, I thought was a pretty good follow up. Not like quite as Wind good, River. but still really good. Sicario, yeah. of course, is amazing. Yep. Um, Day of the Soldado, I found insanely underwhelming. He didn't write that, did he? He wrote that. Yeah. Oof. He wrote that that damn movie. Um, I think maybe no solo writing credit. Jeez, I was like looking damn. to double check if someone else wrote it with him. But then he also wrote Without Remorse, uh, which someone else all, like wrote alongside oh, him. That's but the that Tom movie Clancy was, movie that people that said just was like came out. awful. I watched that last week, and it truly I could not find a single thing to like about it. Yeah, it was just like every single nothing about it was something you haven't seen before, and it was astonishing to what level. And like Why Brett Gelman is in be- it for some reason. Who? Brett Brett Gelman. He's uh he was oh, in the comedian Fleabag, the comedian. Yeah, he's yeah. in it playing like a Russian thug. Hmm, it's like the weird. craziest. It's just it's the movie has nothing. There's nothing to grab onto. It's just like oh, this guy lost his wife, and there's a double cross from the people he trusted. Does he have any remorse about the things that he does? It doesn't seem so. And that's <laughs> that actually I thought was the hottest take of the movie. I could not find a single thing that he was remorseful about. Wow. Did, um, but so why did Michael B. Jordan do it is kind of Michael what I B. I actually, I'm so glad you asked that question, okay. Cody, because this is actually, this is my, this is a, a take that I've crystallized over, over the last few weeks, just paying attention to kind of big budget blockbusters. And I think that there's a huge problem where all of these male leading men who are like approaching their thirties or in, mm. uh, really, really want to be Tom Cruise. They absolutely want to have Tom Cruise's uh, career. They want to be where Tom Cruise ended up. The problem is you can't they, do that anymore. Well, I think you can do that. It's just that nobody does because the method to becoming Tom Cruise is to spend like 15 years doing really interesting movies with very distinct directors and basically like going from director to director, whoever has like the hot hand in Hollywood at that time and just doing whatever they want you to do over and over again. And then eventually you get enough cachet where you can make the movies you want to make and bring in powerhouse directors, just filmmakers in general. Mm. He's not at that level. He's trying to skip steps, you know, like he's done two or three very amazing, interesting movies. And, you know, like I love the Creed movies. I I love um, Fruitvale Station. Like Mm. I, I obviously in Black Panther is very good, but like he has not yet had that kind of like consistent track record where he has enough power to swing to say, hey, I'm producing a movie. I can bring in, you know, I don't know, fucking the Safdie brothers or whoever, right? Like whoever's right. hot yeah. indie filmmaker. He went, he went producer way too fast. Whereas like Tom Cruise, all of the 80s, he was just acting. Mm-hmm. He didn't produce until like Mission Impossible. Totally. He's, uh, Michael B. Yeah. Jordan has too much power over his career for what stage he's at right now. And I think that directors who he should be working with are not willing to concede enough power to work with Michael B. Jordan. Right I think now. that's I, such I, a great point because I think like when people give Tom Cruise shit and he is somebody who you can't give shit to, but mm-hmm. I don't think enough credit is given to him very meticulously. I am going to work with these directors. I am right. going to prestige They're... myself by working with all of these super talented. Like he worked with Kubrick. He worked with yep. um, Spielberg. He worked with Spielberg, fucking uh, Tony uh, Scott, Tony Scott, of course. Yeah. PT. PTA. Yeah. Um, uh, just, like, there are still actors, early career. There are still yeah. actors who are like collecting directors, like Adam Driver 
Robert Pattinson yeah. or like doing things with interesting act directors but i don't think that they want well, to become action stars i don't think that but, robert pattinson i mean he's doing batman he's batman that, that's but, what i was about to say is that robert that pattinson is a good to, example i don't think that robert pattinson wants a mission no. impossible i see i would say no but then he signed a he warner brothers first look deal today and he did yeah. tenna and then did batman i don't think he's opposed to being an. Action yeah i mean that star. batman like, that batman contract is going to be pretty long for sure yeah. like that's true yeah. but maybe producing? batman's his mission impossible i mean probably right. not but yeah, but I think that's the thing is that first look with Warner Brothers like this Batman gives him the entry to do that, whatever it ends up being. But but if he did want to do the Tom Cruise thing, he would be able to at this point. Right. Like right. he could yeah. jump into that very easily and, and have no problem. And I think that's a, a perfect comp is like Robert Pattinson spends obviously his first you know debut basically is 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 a giant indie as film, a teen not, heart a giant franchise film. Yeah. As a teen heartthrob. Like, and then that's also Cruise did. That's I what think. lets him do the interesting directors because now he is a moneymaker for the director and the director wants to work with him because mm, he's right. a name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he can kind of work his way back up as an actor. Totally. And that's the thing is he didn't have enough power to really like flex on those directors for a while. Right. Like it's not like he was EPing, you know, uh, uh, remember whatever me. the high, high life or, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, good time or whatever. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. remember uh, me is the nine 11 one. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah. I the nine 11 rom-com. Um, <laughs> And if, I think, I mean, if, Tom Cruise, uh, you go ahead, Rick, he's already mid thirties when he does mission impossible. Like that, yeah. that's, I think something people think that he kind of like was still really young when he did that. And 35 is not old, but like he was yeah. well into his career when the first mission yeah. impossible happened. And that's what defines his career. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he does a Kubrick movie after it's not like he gets his franchise in the right. chills. Yeah. He, he right. also does a Spielberg after. And, and also been- his franchise was Brian De Palma possible. directing the first one. So it's not yeah. like it wasn't True. still an interesting director. Mm-hmm. Man, no, totally. told I, I me think at the there's... beginning of this like podcast recording that Jason Hammonds would be convincing me that Robert Pattinson is the next Tom Cruise. I wouldn't have believed you. And I would have said it's an insane <laughs> take, but when I see it all laid out like this, I got to say, I, I, I yeah. buy it. <laughs> And that's the thing. I don't think he should be. Honestly, I think Michael B. Jordan should be. Yeah. It's just yeah. He hasn't. He just has too much power right now. And so mm-hmm. he's going to he's not going to be able to bring in the kind of talent that he really wants to on his passion projects because they are not going to be willing to concede that much. So truly. is the Superman thing going to be good or bad for him? Good. I think it could be because that's a big franchise, much like, you know, like the, even the Batman thing, right? Where it's like that kind of is Michael B. Jordan having to seed control because it's a giant franchise. It's also being helmed by, you know, bad robot. And so mm-hmm. inherently there's going to be a, an amount of control that he will have to concede there. Um, but also, who knows? It could still be a dumpster fire. I hope it's good. I think that Michael B. Jordan is like our best leading man right now. Truly. Interesting. Um, I, I like so. him a lot. I, I don't know who my take for that would be. But yeah, no, I think he's good. I think if we're talking like four quadrant, like blockbuster movies, like in the vein of a Tom Cruise, of a Will Smith, of like those mm. full like tentpole actors who can absolutely carry a franchise on their backs. I think Michael B. Jordan is absolutely head and shoulders above the rest with that. Yeah, that but like sense. he just has not quite had the the same type of opportunities or, well, or taken the same type of opportunities. And there's really only one franchise that he put on his back and that's Creed. <laughs> Because yeah, and- the other franchise movie he's been in is Black Panther, which he is not the titular Black Panther. Totally. Right. Which I think was his choice, weirdly. I think, I think so. That, like, he was yeah. offered that role, and then he was like, no, nah, I just want to do a one-off, um, which is interesting. I think well, the ch- other key that the, the piece that is missing from Tom, like, if we're using the Tom Cruise comparison, is right. Michael B. Jordan 
isn't in a rom-com. He isn't in like a Jerry Wire or something like yep. that. There's yep. not a lot of value to people to be in movies Michael like B. that. Michael B. Jordan has been in rom-coms. He's been in that Zac Efron movie. Yes, I know. But I'm talking about right now when he's kind of like at the height of things. Mm. You know, you like where is a Cameron Crowe-esque movie right now? Well, because where yeah. is a Cameron Crowe-esque movie right now, period? Not just for Michael Good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. And I think because- that that's part of it for sure. And the think... answer is on Netflix. And also, he has not done a streaming movie, as far as I know. No, Without uh, Remorse is Amazon. Yeah, Without Remorse is Amazon. He's got like a weird big Amazon deal right now. But, it's kind of... but it also went to theaters first. Yeah. Amazon movies do. Yeah. But they, but, they, oh, they but all, that's, that's what I'm point. saying. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's not doing streaming exclusive movies. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, to be fair, he's too big for that. Like, honestly, which yeah. sucks, but he is. Well, but um, so is a lot of people. So is Tom Hanks, and he made Greyhound. Right, right. That yeah. was an accident. That was pandemic. That was also Tom accident. Hanks wrote that. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he did? on his typewriter, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. the second yeah. movie that Tom Hanks uh, has ever written. Third was that he's ever written? Third, whatever. He also because he's directed two movies. He directed Nothing You Do, which he wrote, and, and Larry Crown. Larry Crown, thank you. Yeah, it's um, crazy that he wrote it and didn't direct it though. Like you, you spend enough time to write this fucking screenplay. That movie is really hard. It? It's hard to direct a movie on a boat, like a war movie on a boat. Yeah, I think yeah. he probably wrote it and then was like, "This is hard. I don't want to do it." <laughs> um. Anyway, that's 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 all I got for you guys. I just I want Michael B. Jordan to be uh, a bigger star. Um. Also, I just I miss I miss the era of the you know full back carrying movie star and and maybe it's pattinson who knows maybe well i i just i i think to further your point i don't think you can have a full four quadrant movie star if all we put our movie stars in our action blockbusters they've got to yep. be in those romantic comedies or those crowd-pleasing dramas yeah. we and are- not just indie so we have in you either do an indie movie or you do a big blockbuster and that's right. kind of it and both of those alone aren't gonna get like moms to see you yeah. necessarily. i mean we're just not making movies in all four quadrants is the issue yeah it um, is, but it then is- again chris pratt has the tomorrow war coming out which is his, his produced his production his first executive producing <laughs> what he if might be the, the new war was produced. tomorrow you never know <laughs> That's, but that's, see, I, th- the war. I think Chris Pratt's another example of it, actually. I think Chris Pratt tried to jump from basically, yeah. and obviously Guardians worked out, but like as soon mm-hmm. as Guardians works out, he's like, okay, I'm an action lead. I'm, I'm just big Why budget the fuck is Chris Pratt fair, not Guardians... the male lead in a Paul Feige movie? It was that's Guardians and it was Jurassic World back to back. Like it was like a big yes. era yes. of like leading two yeah. of the biggest franchises. Well, I, I, th- I think that's a big problem is these franchises tend to sap the energy out of their leading men, like yeah. in terms of the charisma on screen, right? Like outside of Marvel, I think they tend to keep it alive very well. But if you look at a Jurassic World or if you look at, I mean, like Creed does it well, but then like a, you know, Just Mercy or like, you know, uh, uh, even without remorse, like these movies that are trying to be in that mold and even the dramatic performances mm-hmm. they give are way too self-serious. And like the thing with these leading men, if you look at Will Smith, Tom Cruise, you know, whoever these movie stars are right like brad pitt like yeah these are people who are able to be very charming and funny on screen and they keep going into these roles that don't allow them to do that which then hurts their ability to be perceived in such a universal way right yeah well we've talked about men enough so we're gonna talk about 
teenage ladies. girls and talk about Jennifer's body. We're going to say talking bye about to Jason. So, talking about people who aren't men. I'm out. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I realized that I accidentally positioned that really poorly for yeah, you. Really. It was a decent transition. I have a show. dinner to go make, but thanks for thanks for allowing me to break into your podcast. Yes. Yeah, so right, it was no nice problem. having you, hey, Jason. I like your apartment, you. by the way. It's really well decorated. Oh, th- thank you so much. Yeah, this is just, you know, it's my college dorm. I'm sharing it with it's my pretty uh, cool. Roommate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's for the for the listeners. It's it's yeah. Spider. It's Miles Morales's apartment from, oh, from dorm room. Yep. Whatever dorm room apartment. Shut up. Anyway. It's not the same thing. Don't say it's the same City. thing. He's gone. All right, and thanks again to um that might be cool um leader head podcast honcho. daddy head honcho podcast, podcast daddy, daddy Jason yeah. Hammonds for popping in with some of his movie takes, uh, taking us to the Megaplex. Um, his takes on one of the Megaplex movies and a thousand <laughs> other movies. And a thousand other fun discussion. things. It was a good yeah. Um, and this is called Chad forgot to talk about a movie, so he messaged his <laughs> friend Jason <laughs> to cover up that fact. But it's I not will exactly, not let him forget. <laughs> it's not exactly how it went down, but more or less, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, nah, it's good. So now we're going to talk about Jennifer's Body, a movie that I friggin adore. Have you boys seen this movie before? This was my first time to watch. Uh, wow. I, okay, good. I watched this in the, the infamous 24-hour movie marathon. <laughs> um, oh, so I, I had seen it in full, but uh, and I can double check the exact number. I think this was probably close to 10 o'clock, which mm-hmm. was halfway through. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was rough. So I, uh, so I'm glad. Uh, spoiler alert! I looked at both of your letterbox reviews. I'm glad, Chad, that you had this good, this good of a reaction on the first watch because often people don't. I didn't necessarily love it the first time I saw it because I saw it fairly soon after it came out, and I just was kind of like, "What is this?" Which I think is a very valid question to ask of the movie um but yeah, i think for sure and especially if you're like in high school and like you're starting to like movies but you don't have the full appreciation it's a little less harder to glom onto if you're a little stupid boy like i was because like the dialogue and everything is so heightened that you're like mm-hmm. why are they acting so weird and it's like this is a its own specific reality you know i think like thing like i work on the show riverdale and so i'm kind of used to like mm-hmm. really heightened teen stuff and that's part sure. of it but yeah. another part of it is i've been like basically preparing to watch this movie for the past five years because everyone tells me like cody you've told me constantly like yeah it's underrated and it is wild but it's also like very good like uh and i also watched it with my wife who knew nothing about this movie she didn't know that megan fox eats boys <laughs> Um, when yeah. we went into watch this movie, but she does she go goes both ways. ways. She goes both ways, uh, <laughs> like the like the door at the beginning of it. I think you should leave. Oh, okay, I get it. I get it. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> good reference. Yeah. Good catch. Um, but uh, <laughs> her reactions to everything on screen was it was it pr- made the experience pretty magical. It was it was a very yeah. fun oh. night to watch this movie. I, I think that um, 
you, you said, you know, I told you it was underrated and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I think it has come to the point where this movie is no longer underrated because it has been reassessed yeah. by so many people that like, you know, it, it is a cult film. I think it really is like a yeah. very oh, popular cult film. 100% yeah. a cult film. I think the advertising did it a disservice because it just seemed like yep. a classic like horny teen you know teen slasher right which is kind of what it is kind of what it's pestishing um i think it's it's pestishing that yeah i it's it is that but it's playing with that i mean how often do we see a movie where a woman is a slasher yes i know friday the 13th is originally jason's mom (laughs) shut up right um but it is still not that often that we see a woman slasher um, it also like this movie is playing with this movie is written and directed by two women and you can tell it is definitely taking mm-hmm. a feminist lens on some horror tropes some like some you know teen the, the, tropes as well the teen tropes as well I, I think the friendship between Needy and Jennifer is very like well crafted and very specific and there it feels was a lot of very interviews. real like I yes. can think of a few specific examples like from my high school that like had a similar dynamic not mm-hmm. that they did at the end of the movie but certainly that they did at the beginning of the movie like sure. I didn't know anyone that was murdering boys in town but right. I did know people with this this friendship. Well, I mean, it, I think it's very it's very mean girls, but it's also very scream. And yeah. it's yeah. like it's self self-knowing, but also it's like parody of high school culture. Right. Um, and and which in, I think is a great combo for especially for the mm-hmm. for the time. Yeah, I definitely think so. In interviews, Karen Kusama and Diablo Cody both talk about how they had kind of friendships like this and they wanted to make a movie that kind of like hit the friendship elements yeah so that when you know megan fox is kind of acting out and lashing out against needy you would kind of feel well but there's still an element of like you know so needy's name is needy which seems like it's the most on the nose thing i've ever seen in a movie but it's It's, not a subtle movie it's short for it's short for anita but so the idea is that she is needy but i think what the movie does really is you realize that jennifer does Jennifer does a lot of project her own insecurities onto Needy. Yeah, yes. And Jennifer becomes hyper needy at different points in the movie. And I I think that's really interesting. I I feel like uh, Jennifer really kind of makes makes uh needy reliant on her and kind of like yeah. forces her to be mm-hmm. needy and also kind of gets off on being able to provide for that and withdraw that right um i and like an I, interesting I thing the movie a... does is like it introduces needy after the events of the movie at the beginning mm-hmm. where she like feels mm-hmm. you know she's not like a, a role model by any stretch of the imagination she's in prison she's kicking guards but she doesn't feel like reliant on anybody she feels like her own full yeah person she's, and then to go back yeah, very and powerful see the way everyone kind of like sees her in high school like what three weeks earlier what, what is the time joke right. that it does uh, uh, yeah it's, it's, not, it's not a huge one and you kind of wonder yep. like okay how did she become this uh, right. Yeah. I, I Especially because she's not the killer throughout most of the movie. So you're like, did she get framed? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you're know, wondering how it's gonna like real, break. Yeah. Um. And I, 
you know, there were like the first couple times I watched this, it was like, okay, but would these two characters be friends? And then I realized, oh, well, A, you know, they had the friendship from the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, there was that kind of level of connection, which is why um, Amanda Seyfried can like feel where she's at throughout the movie. There is that. But I was like, okay, Jennifer's the stereotypical cheerleader, you know, Amanda Seyfried's a band geek, et cetera. I realized that this time, this time watching it, Megan Fox isn't on the cheer team. She's a part of uh, Flatline, which is normally connected to band. And that, when that clicked for me this time, I was like, oh, I know this dynamic even more than I had it put together before of the like super pretty girl on Flagline. Oh, I'm kind of friends with the nerds on with in band, but I don't want the popular kids who talk to me to really know that. Once I realized that piece of it, I was like, oh shit, this movie no this movie's firing on all cylinders. It knows what it's doing. Um, yeah, it sets up a really specific dynamic and it sets it up really like quickly and efficiently. Yeah. Um, just by like, you know, having that first scene where like immediately someone calls them out as being like lesbian gay for each other. Right, um, yes. which is not explicit to the movie in, until it is. It, it right. is in one right. part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in more than one they, part, because Megan yeah. Fox also later says that she goes both ways. Right. Yes, there's that. I also they made the um the heterosexual uh sex scene the like least appealing sex scene yes. I've ever yeah. seen. Like it's very, very intentionally very just awkward scene. And then, yeah. and it doesn't to... show a lot of sex from mm-hmm. uh, from other times that there is sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but sorry to interrupt. Yeah, but then like whenever like uh, Jennifer and uh, Needy are having their sex scene, it's like filmed in this very like sexy way. I guess is the only way. I think An extreme close up on yeah, their lips. Yeah, like yeah, extremely close up. I think that is something this movie got side saddled with too it's like mm-hmm. oh they're shooting this like exploitative like makeout scene between two of our hot teen actresses sure. and it's like if you watch that scene out of context yeah it just sure. seems like a horny movie but yeah. i think that scene fully works within the i do not feel like it's like a like attention grabbing i mean well it is know, it, it's not it, it is but it's like it fully functions in the movie yeah and, it like it comes out of nowhere because it becomes all the because it comes out of nowhere because the implicit finally becomes explicit and you weren't sure that it was going to like yeah you know, right and i don't know i i think that scene got knocked a lot Definitely. with people who weren't on the level of reading that this movie is more feminine like i, also- I think people were acting like Michael Bay, who had directed Megan Fox in mm-hmm. her movies before this, they were Which kind of if, acting like he if did. Michael Bay had directed this movie, I might be like thinking differently about that scene in like specifically. Right. But Karen Kusama yeah, was no, clearly it, doing it's something a, it's a, with it. It's a and female Diablo director. Koto. It's a Cody, female yeah. writer. Like yeah. they're both being really intentional about this stuff, and and it makes the male gazy stuff because there's a lot of like male gazy shots of Megan Fox in this movie. Oh yeah, but it it. It's always when she is in like the demon form. Well, not always, but like it's mostly when she's in demon form. Yeah, it's fascinating because you're right. There are a lot of quote unquote male gazy shots, 
but every time one of those shots is included, it's like a comment on male gazy shots. It's really right, you're, fascinating. You're almost like more horrified of what's going to happen. Like you're not really thinking mm-hmm. about sex. You're thinking about murder when you're looking at these yeah, shots. Right. And, um, and the shots are like, the shots are almost from the perspective of the people who are about to get killed. Where it's like, this is right. why they're so submissive at this moment like Mm -hmm. they're about to get their throats bitten out but they are just like frozen because there's a hot Mm -hmm. girl uh, like approaching them mostly naked i so to back up like you know the way jennifer becomes the monster is so fucked up but i think it's such a good scene and i think adam brody playing that like charming dude who's secretly an asshole playing so good they they went out to like Gerard Way and Pete Wentz to play to play that role. That's amazing. And he, he looks like Pete Wentz. Yeah, it's a Pete like, Wentz vibe. Pretty sure. pre- pretty explicitly. Yeah, uh, and of I course they said Adam no because so they much. didn't want to be the villain yeah. of the movie. Right, right. God, I love Adam Brody so much. Truly, that I think every scene, time he shows up in a movie, I'm happy. It's so interesting because like typically a scene like that that's played for laughs because that scene like is largely played for laughs. Like it's kind of like awkward and. I don't know the Adam Brody's like delivery. I'm talking about like the the literal ritual mm-hmm. sacrifice scene. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's fun. funny. And they start singing the song. It usually that like bumps me, but like it just didn't in this movie. Well, it's it's funny, but it becomes really fucked up fast, which I think this movie mm-hmm. is good at doing. Like the dialogue yeah. is funny throughout, yeah. and yes. then it's horrific, and you're like, oh mm-hmm. fuck, you know. And I and I think like yes everything is heightened and unrealistic, including the dialogue, but there still is something true in the, like, sometimes horror and comedy live side by side. Yeah, And Diablo Cody is really good at, like, mixing, like, real-life emotions with, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of, like, weird phrasing of of dialogue. I mean, Juno is has all kinds of just, like, weird dialogue. Right. To the point where, like, the first scene of Juno is, like, kind of indecipherable not really you, you know what they're saying but they're just using such like weird lingo yeah and like the gas station when she's she's uh i i forget what rain wilson says um it's like shit the way he asked her if she if she's pregnant is so funny and it's just gone for me so just move on Do you guys have any lines that stand out for you what in jennifer's um, body yeah I'll tell you mine. Yeah, I can tell me yours. Your... I'm going to pull up IMDb because there were lots of lines that I loved that I did not write down. I think I can see your womb is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, and speaking of speaking of which, like I love um, Johnny Simmons, Young who Neil. is the is the boyfriend, Young Neil. Yeah, yeah, mm, he's, um, yeah, he's he's, he's so funny. Uh, I yeah. one line that I can like see stood your womb out because she's wearing a slightly <laughs> revealing outfit. <laughs> Well, at first he says, your front butt is showing. And she's like, it's not that bad. He's like, I can see your womb. (laughs) Oh, fucking funny. One line that stands Uh, out, mostly because it would never be in a movie, but the something about one of the boys being an R-word math. Um, Oh, yes. Stuff like that. It just, it is a time capsule for like how people talked in like the 2000s. Yeah. Um, like, they they talk about cool, player but... haters. Yes. Oh, Someone invites her to go see Rocky Horror, and she says, "I don't like boxing movies," which is hilarious. That's a, that so was good. a hilarious like, line. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jennifer at one point like is talking. Uh, 
they're talking about Colin, who's kind of the goth kid who has a crush on Jennifer. And she says, my dick is bigger than his, <laughs> which is funny. It is. Funny. It is a very funny line. Yeah. Uh, you're lime green jello and you can't even admit it to yourself when she's saying that needy is jealous saying you're lime green jello oh okay yeah um when when uh needy is stabbing Jennifer and Jennifer goes my tit yeah and she goes your heart <laughs> it's like that's like the most the climax of the movie like the yeah. killing yeah. the bad guy and it's so funny um, I'll just play Hello Titty with the bartender. <laughs> like, yeah, another great line. But but so I love that you know that after the the bar burns down, she, he go she goes away with Adam Brody, mm-hmm. and you don't really know what happens there. Like right. at first, you For just know that she goes away and she comes back, kind of like possessed. Yeah, my can I view... read the quote from that scene when it, when it's revealed that like what the indie band did because it's so. Yeah, I think sure. it's a good. I think it's a good, just summary of this movie, right? That the mix of the two. Um, do you know how hard it is to make it as an indie band these days? There are so many of us and we're all so cute. And it's like, if you don't get on Letterman or some soundtrack, you're screwed. Okay. Satan is our only hope. We're working with the beast now and we've got to make a really big impression on him. And to do that, we're going to have to butcher you and bleed you. And then Dirk here is going to wear your face. Relax. I'm kidding about the face thing. The rest is going to happen. <laughs> like it's... it's so funny. And it's like the most disturbing thing. And that's the thing. Those two moments where like needy is killing Jennifer and where Jennifer is yeah. being ritually sacrificed by the band. Yeah. They're playing but for also, laughs. Like, it's, it's... Yeah. It's so also good. funny that they're going to sacrifice her as a virgin and you know that she's not a virgin. Which is yeah. why she becomes the monster. That's the yes, whole yes, idea. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucked up and so she's a monster. Um. But I also love them singing Junie Got Your Number while yeah. about to sacrifice her. It's just so good. I I also think it is so like darkly fucked up, but funny that the song that they get famous for, they're releasing as a charity single for the yeah. fire and like shit that they caused. Yeah. And... It's interesting that they sacrifice her like poorly. They don't do it right, but they still get famous. So like, I guess you don't, need <laughs> Satan all the way. Or you just no, no, need to be manipulative it. of like situations, you know, like it does, was that yeah. supernatural or did they just seize a bad opportunity? Um, I mean, to be fair, the book did say that they would still get what they wanted, but also it would come with the price of like with a cost. her being the demon person. Um, I this movie always makes me so mad after watching it of how undervalued Megan Fox is, how much we undervalue Megan yeah. Fox. Because I think mm-hmm. she's great in this movie. I think she is a actress you have to use very specifically and you know have to like direct her well. Not when I say director, well, that sometimes makes it sound no, like but you kind of have actress, to write you, write a role for for her. You can't you just like to, put her in a period piece and be like, she'll figure out, she'll get to know the character and find. Yeah, something you need there. to be very like deliberate with how you like utilize her or weaponize her, and I think this movie does it perfectly. I think she's so fucking good in this. Isn't that, this movie. Isn't, wasn't there an announcement about her and something coming up? 
Am I just totally making that um, up? Um, I have. I feel like page pulled up. So I, I feel like there's a up. bit of a comeback for her that sort of like I think feels like it's on it the would rise. Be well earned. With like, I mean, with the reclaiming of this movie and like I don't, well, the, the talk about the way she was like wronged by the entertainment industry and just mm. seen as like she's a dating Machine Gun Kelly, which is maybe a step back to date Machine Gun Kelly. I don't know. That's a pretty good. Um, but move. also, they're a huge couple right now. Um. I don't really recognize any of the movies she's in coming up. Yeah, not has not really. really been anything huge other than like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies and the final right, seasons of about those. New Girl. She's, she's the she's the newest girl in New Girl. She's in some random Bruce Willis movie. I don't think. Oh, this is interesting. She is in a movie with Oscar Isaac and Andy Garcia. I think oh, that, that is what I heard of. What is that? It's about a fledg- fledgling writer and his experience with some dude who is the enigmatic middle-aged father of two who enlists to write his biography. The circumstances that lead up to this arrangement in the first place are quite astonishing. Efforts to write the biography are quickly stimmied by the ensuing chaos and the starkly comedic genre-bending film. So, I don't know, <laughs> is the short answer to that. Um, huh. Yeah, so that's interesting. She's going to be in some astronaut movie. Um, I don't know. I don't think the reclamation has fully happened of her, but I think mm-hmm. it could. I and think I, by I also 2030, we're looking at a totally different uh, reclaimed Megan Fox career. I think so. And I think it's like kind of fucked up that it took until this year for Amanda mm-hmm. Seyfried to get an Oscar nomination because yeah. Amanda Seyfried I think is always you know those like bad Twitter memes where it's always like they understood the assignment and it's just yes. like but actors, an actor acting. in roles yeah. <laughs> right yeah. but Amanda Seyfried does always understand the assignment whether that <laughs> like, be Mamma Mia uh, yes. Mank, Mank. Uh, Jennifer's Mean Body. Girls Mean Girls. I, I think yeah, like she's great you see movie. the performance she does in Mean Girls, you think she's mm-hmm. going to be a certain type. P- putting Karen from Mean Girls up against Needy from Jennifer's Body. Two Those totally are two different vastly different yeah. characters played vastly different ways, mm-hmm. you know, and most people would be pigeonholed into one or the other of those. Um, yeah, God, Amanda's she's better, better than that. I, I think I, I just think this movie's truly like perfectly cast. Um, Chris Pratt as the camo wearing uh, yes. cop cadet yeah, who's having sex with the high schooler. Like, yep. yeah, good. Do we do we want to go ahead and dive straight into uh, the alumni? Yeah, let's do it. Sure. It feels natural because you mentioned Chris Pratt. Who so was he in was in War. our Infinity War <laughs> episode. Yeah. Okay, um, fair enough. Who, who else Man- do we have? There's two other. Has ones. Amanda Seyfried been in anything we've talked about? She has. She has not. No. It's J.K. Simmons from Burn After Reading. Uh, yes. I already forgot Which J.K. Simmons is in this, in movie. this movie, and his it. wig in this movie. I love Wild, his his incredible. like wig. He looks like um, what's his face in Sideways, who's also wearing a wig. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just a, a a fun wig. I like his wig. You I just don't see him with hair very. Often. He's just such a he plays a weird J.K. Simmons very often gives you big like 
angry energy or like yeah. big He's funny like an energy. insecure <laughs> man. <laughs> yes. But this is really early in J.K. Simmons. He was like still on the closer when this came out. If he was even on the this closer. This was right? after Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. But he was not a huge star when Spider-Man. Yeah, came. I'm not claiming he's a big star, but he's still like pops in the Spider-Man movies. Yes. And yeah. Like, there's that. And Arguably, then he's in June. I would argue and... he was a bigger star when this movie came out than he is now because Spider-Man 3 had just come out two years ago. And like people. He didn't still have an Oscar. That. Yeah, he didn't have an Oscar nomination. Okay. Or did he win okay. for Whiplash? He won for Whiplash. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, uh, who's the other? The who's world. the other um, nominee hmm. or the other alumni? And Cody, I was telling you before we recorded that this is the alumni who was not originally on the list of alumni. Oh, oh man! I mean, I can I, tell you the movie that they're from. Uh, yeah, tell yeah, me that, the movie they're help. from. School of Rock. Okay. Oh I man! One of the kids, I'm guessing. It's not a kid. Who, I don't know. Who is it? It's it's Amy Sedaris who plays oh, Amanda Seyfried's mom. Yeah, she does. She does play. Who is she in School of Rock? <laughs> is she one of the moms? I guess. I think she's one of the moms. Yeah. Probably. Is she the like fashion designer kid's mom? Uh, yeah, I I could not tell you. I when she came on screen, I I told Olivia I was like. Her, you know her from Kimmy Schmidt. She plays the crazy lady, and she's um, like oh, from the yeah. Mandalorian. Well, and she then I was the like, and lady. remember, she's the one who likes Baby Yoda <laughs> yeah. on Tatooine, and she's like, oh yeah. But she's so fucking funny on Kimmy Schmidt as uh, Jackie's friend. Yes, yeah, such a weird character, but it's so. Funny. I don't think I got to. Also, Princess Carolyn in BoJack is so yeah, great. She's great in BoJack Horseman. Mm-hmm. A- uh, Amy Sedaris, good. Um. Yeah. Let's see. What else? Um, Those are all of the alumni. Do we want to do a cape check? Let's do the cape check. So obviously Chris Pratt and obviously J.K. Simmons from Spider-Man. Megan Fox is in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and they are superheroes. Yes, I counted that. And Transformers we count as superheroes also. I don't know if I count that. but Uh, Adam Brody is in Shazam. Yes, he is. Adam Brody is in Shazam. Um, okay, so now it's now it's like uh, is Amanda safe Seyfried? In there are there are two more superhero. Oh mm-hmm. shit! And I don't think you're gonna get them. Are you counting Young Neil in Scott Pilgrim as a no. superhero movie? No superheroes okay. in that movie. Um, hmm. one of one of these is a minor character who's on a TV show that is definitely a superhero TV show. Well, okay, Diablo Cody is writing Powerpuff Girls. Did not so count it. Something. She has not written it yet. Well, she has. She, well, it's, now she's it's not coming it, out is the thing. Yeah, the okay. one she wrote is not coming out. She's going to write it again. <laughs> yeah. um, I will go ahead and tell you that Amy Sedaris is in Super Buddies. <laughs> oh, she's one of the dogs. That counts. That's right. Yeah. I did. I've seen that film. All right. I'm tapping out. Okay. Cody, I don't guess. know about the other okay. one. Okay. I'm, I'm tapping um, out. Colin, the boy that asks her to go see a movie, is yeah. in Smallville. Oh, okay. Shut up. That's I a mean, superhero. Cody, you have pulled I've this crap out too. I've done it worse. Does. Yeah. That's I know. Full, it that does is count. a Superman TV show. <laughs> yeah. Um, some other things I want to hit on this movie before we wrap up. I think the weaponized sexuality, which we've kind of like talked around mm-hmm. quite a bit, I think that's such a key part to this movie. Yeah, it's she so can just get good. a boy into an abandoned house because he wants sex right. so bad. 
and that's well, just, and a perfect I think murder it's room. just playing on Megan Fox's star persona at this time of like, oh, she's mm-hmm. the hot girl. That's all she is. And, the, right. and then, you know, yeah. she, that's what and, is you know, she only way. has power when she is like having sex. Mm-hmm. You know, when she's feasted is when she is powerful. Right. And Amina Seyfried only realizes what's going on after she's had sex. And again, there's all of the, you know, it it happens once a month and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. A lot of the like very female specific things, which I think um, is really key to this movie and helps. Um, the use of VO, I am normally against VO, not as a full rule, but it's I mean, often bad. I think it is good. In yeah, this I'm movie. also not usually a fan of like record scratch. You bet you're wondering how I got in jail. Yes, I think it does both of those tropes well. Yeah. So it like works. I'm like not mad at either. I mean, either. Typically, move. the record scratch. How do I get in the situation? Is just like here's the climax of the movie, and then you go back. But this one is actually like yeah. thought provoking. It's like it's after the climax of the yeah. movie. It's like you're seeing it's the, the results. ending of the movie. It's the ending. And it's also just like, how did she get here? And like, also, how did she become right. this person? And you almost forget about it when you're in the midst of the movie and then you're reminded. It's like, oh, yeah, now she's in jail. Yeah. And oh, right. my gosh, when she is killing Jennifer and Jennifer's mom walks in. One oh, of the my God. What a good scene. <laughs> good scene. Yes. Because then she just like lays down next to her. Yep. And it's just like. To the mom, it, there's no context. It's just like yep. this this person came in and just started stabbing my daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She uh, should go to jail. It's so good. Yeah. So good. It also looks like they're fucking when they're stabbing each other. Right. Definitely. Well, definitely. Also idea, floating idea. in the air. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's not usually part of fucking, I suppose. Um, yeah. can be, the sometimes. credits of this movie are also I think that without the credits the credits might give this movie a full half star because it, it gives you the vengeance of going and killing the band yeah which yes. is good yes yeah yes it's very good um, I think all the music in this uh, movie is great it's very what Cody was listening to in 2007 yes, very <laughs> so pop I'm punk. a big fan yeah. um, the panic at the disco song etc Um Speaking of music and this this film's legacy, pop star of the moment, Olivia Rodrigo, in her latest music oh, yeah. video, does reference this movie. Not yeah, she's, super she's, explicitly, she's swimming but it's definitely... And, yeah, she does the yeah. swimming shot, which like you kind of can't argue that that is alluding to anything else. That's like so specific to yeah. this movie. Um, and then there's some other shots that are like pretty similar. And so it's um, it, it's really cool that like it's it's lived on. This is not a movie that has been forgotten really yeah. at all. And it's really been reclaimed like in the past five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we, the, we, the Wikipedia page specifically says that it's been reclaimed post Me Too. So yeah. with this reclamation, could you guys see like a sequel coming out potentially? Needy's body. Not a sequel. But I think like you could see like a spinoff because Needy's like a, like like a got, kind of thing. Needy's got the Needy's, demon in her. You could do something with that character. I don't know what. I don't know how you crack that story. But I also think that you could make a TV show that is yes. kind of this yeah. plot. That yeah. is what do I do. The think Fargo will treatment happen. to this movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, the I the Scream TV show. I think it's too, getting yeah. a TV remake would be my if they ever do anything yeah. with it, that's what they would do. Who made who, it? Who do you cast? Who do you cast for for Jennifer? 
or for the Jennifer stand-in? I don't know. Do Olivia Rodrigo. Why not? <laughs> you could do Olivia Rodrigo. Good pitch. Um, then who's needy? Needy. Who is needy? God, I don't know you people. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe do like Millie Bobby Brown. I don't know many young <laughs> actresses. You could do Millie. But if Millie Bobby Brown yeah. wouldn't be horrible. It wouldn't be bad. It? Yeah. Yeah, she could probably do um, it. She can be like uh, seemingly weak, but secretly powerful and independent. Yeah, she could, she could pull that yeah. off. Yeah. Yep. Um, it is 20th Century Fox. So Hulu or FX could do it. So that's not impossible. Um, I, I could see Hulu doing it. FX doesn't do a ton of teen-focused shows. No. But Hulu, Hulu well, does. Freeform could. They did, they're having a big hit with Cruel Summer right now, which is like a kind of like mm. murder mystery. It's Taylor feature. Perry. Oh, I, I just thought that it was a Taylor Swift. Uh, Taylor just, a, just a music um, a TV show. The uh, I what I do think will happen is people like Diablo Cody and Karen Kusama. There's going to be some body somewhere Look, who loves this movie who's going to give them another attempt to. I like, want do something. I want Diablo Cody to write more genre stuff, and I want Diablo Cody to make more comedy stuff. I think Diablo Cody writing Powerpuff Girls is one of those things that is so fucking fascinating that yeah. I like want so it to happen. Mm-hmm. I love all of the Diablo Cody stuff that I've watched, including the Jonathan Demme uh, Meryl Streep movie. Ricky and the Flash, Ricky which is Flash. not a movie I love, oh, I but it's not that. like horrible. Yeah. Um, Juno was obviously great. Tully is great. Yeah, I like Tully. So, I haven't seen Juno. I actually. have not I seen... Oh, Juno's great. I th- yeah. I think you would love Juno, Chad. So she wrote on the Tig show, Amazon, the Amazon show. Oh, that Tig uh, Mrs. Did. What is it, Mississippi? One Mississippi. One Mississippi. Yeah. Oh, I didn't watch that. Yeah, she wrote on that. That's fascinating. I just realized what that song girls. is referring to. It's referring to like how you count. I, did yeah. I say song? I meant title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also just realized that. And Diablo Cody is also writing a Madonna biopic. That's what she's working on right now. Into it. I like it. She also did uncredited rewrites for the Evil Dead remake. Fascinating. And did uncredited rewrites for Burlesque. What the fuck? What is Burlesque? I mean, I know I like the concept of Burlesque. That's that Christina Aguilera, Cher, Kristen Bell movie. Totally missed this. I did not know that existed. <laughs> when did that come out? Around yeah. the same time as Chicago, right? Those two always kind of. Oh, okay. No, that. Burlesque is no, 2010. It came out around oh, the so same way time. way newer than Rouge, Chicago. Or am I? Oh, no. no I get I get Moulin, Moulin Rouge, Rouge and Burlesque Chic- mixed up, and Moulin Rouge came out at the same time as Chicago. Yes. That's, that's my issue. That's what it is. Gotcha. Um, anyway, let Diablo Cody, let Karen Kusama. Karen Kusama's doing a Dracula for Universal. Yeah, there's a lot uh, of, of the many coming out. people. Yeah. yeah, me and Chad were talking about this. Lots Robert of, Eggers lots of is doing uh, Nosferatu, which is basically a Dracula which is movie. kind of Dracula, but not quite. But and yeah, then he's doing Nosferatu. Chloe Zhao just signed Chloe on. Chloe Zhao is yeah. doing Space Dracula. Space. Dracula. We right. that's in space. Yes, I didn't yes. know that part of the pitch. I don't think. Yes, it is a Space Dracula, and then Kusama's is a modern. It's going to be similar to Invisible Man. It's going to be that idea of like a gotcha. modern. Dracula. Is it going to literally be like Invisible Man cinematic universe? I don't. Think I doubt so. it. 
but it's Blumhouse, so it could be. I think that Blumhouse is intentionally not doing a shared universe. I think so too, but I just... Why would they think that's a bad idea? What in recent history would make Universal (laughs) think that making a Universal Monsters cinematic universe... I think they're idea. just trying to push boundaries and, you know, sometimes they miss, but everyone's doing a shared universe. So, so why should they follow suit? I just, you could have done a universal monsters shared universe. You could have, you yeah. absolutely could have. And you honestly, you needed to make it. Honestly, the mummy isn't a bad pilot either. I'll, I'll be the it's one not brave that to say bad, it. but you should have made a fucking horror movie and then yes. just make a horror. I think yeah. conjuring is our only horror shared universe and you could do more. Yeah, of them. Paranormal Activity started doing shared universe stuff. Hell yeah, dude! That TV show. Runs. What is it? Paramount. Wait, who's getting that one? Are they making a? Are they making a TV show? Yes, bitch. On it, I think Paramount. I knew Plus about the new movie. I didn't activity. know about the TV show. It's a, yeah, they're doing a TV show. <sighs> I'm so pumped. yeah. I love people. Paranormal Activity like more than I should. Like I. They're, no. Oh no! You you love it the exact right amount. That's <laughs> why all three of us. That's one of the reasons all three of us are such good friends. Is we are very specifically invested in that franchise. The way they built out the lore, like subtly. But also insanely, <laughs> right? It's so fun well, c- because, like, you know, there's some people who are like, "Man, nothing really happens in those movies," and we're like, "No, no, no!" But see, you gotta. Uh, but see, it's important because the camera's moving in this way, and that's actually really effective. And it's fine that nothing happens because you find out this, and then blah 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 blah. blah. Uh, it's third one, I'll never I forget it- when I was watching the third one for the first time, and they put the camera on the swiveling fan Bro, yeah. mechanism. Uh-huh. And I yeah. just immediately was like, you son of a bitch. This is going to be so <laughs> scary when this pays off. Like, why did you? Do I, this? I, I think the three of us also have the opinion that the third one is the best one. I think we yeah. all share that. Opinion. Yeah, 100%. that and the marked ones are both up there for me. I love the marked. I ones. didn't love the marked ones. I need fun, to do a it's full. Not bad. Re- I'm going to do a full redive before the movie Cody, or the TV I am, show. I'm planning I never on doing the fifth it one. pretty soon, so let's uh, let's make this a thing. Let's make it happen. Let's. I'll probably let's sink do... closer to Halloween because I got to oh, get through all the Fast do, and Furious let's movies. Do Paranormal Activity Book Club. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will. Um, I still never saw the fifth one. I think the reason the third is so brilliant is because it goes back in time and you're like, how the fuck are they going to do this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like... And then you're like, oh, that's how. You've seen two women get taken over and you're like, wait, so how is this connected? And then it just goes back in time. Yeah, And Mm -hmm. they still have handheld cameras somehow. Yeah, Yeah. Well, he's a wedding videographer. So he has... Yeah, Uh, it's good. Yeah. Okay, to wrap up Jennifer's body, it made 31... Point six million on sixteen million dollar budget, which is like not great, but this movie definitely was made to sound like a bigger disaster than it was. Um, I mean, yeah, that's just that's just not good. I mean, it's not. It's not, but it's not the worst we've seen either. Um, True. It does have a forty five percent of Rotten Tomatoes, which is fucked up. It's too small. Way too low. Uh, but a 3.3 on Letterbox, which makes a little more sense. Um, and Letterbox, of course, is where it's going to be reclaimed a bit more. Um, so now it's time to vote on whether or not this movie is better than The Hurt Locker. Uh, no, it's not. It's very I agree, good. It's not. But it, I mean, it's, it's also, good, but I'm also going to say no. But yeah. it's close. It's good. Yeah, this movie really is easily the easily the best year we've covered. 
I actually don't know if it's easily because I haven't actually thought about that. But yeah, this is what I was about to say. This is one of our best bonuses. And then I was like, yeah, but we have done like fucking Finding Nemo and stuff like those are good movies, too. So movie. I don't know. Movies are good. Let's do Let's do a ranking of our movies that we've covered this year. I'll go first. I think my number one is The Hurt Locker. Then it is Inglorious Bastards. Then it is Princess and the Frog. Four, Jennifer's Body. Five, Fantastic Mr. Fox. And they're all four stars or above. I think... I think that... Go ahead, Jen. I think my order is Inglorious Bastards at number one. And then... Boy, that it's tough. It's tough after that, truly. Uh, I think maybe Hurt Locker at number two. Then maybe... Fantastic Mr. Fox, Princess and the Frog, and then Jennifer's Body, but they are also good. It's it's tough. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's tough. The, my, the middle top... like three, really the everything except for Inglorious Bastards is like basically tied for second. Is yeah, is my 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 stance. I would say that my top three are basically tied for number one, but I'll go with what I've voted, which is that uh, Hurt Locker number one, Inglorious Bastards number two, Fantastic Mr. Fox, not maybe not tied for for first uh but in third place and then this and then prince and the frog but all very good movies all very good now though now Mm -hmm. it come now we take the winner of this one the hurt locker and we pit it against no country for old men our defending champion which one's better I will go oh, first. Oh, Hurt Locker versus No Country? Go ahead, yeah. Jack. I'll go first and say that No Country for Old Men is a better movie than The Hurt Locker. I think it might be the best movie of our lifetime. Um, we'll it go. sucks that these are both Oscar winners. Makes makes the, uh, makes me feel like the, <laughs> the the whole point of the podcast is just wrong. Was that, the whole point was that when, we knew better no. than the Oscars and then... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, when we get to yeah. the finale, we're going to take all the winners of each uh, each year and pit them against each other because I think there was some uh, recency bias stuff that happened I, to knock probably some things right. out. Yeah, like yeah. Titanic like, t- getting knocked Titanic out by pirates is still be. insane. Uh, yes. I think I would have voted No Country over Titanic still. I don't think y'all would. Spoiler alert. I wouldn't have. Okay. I would have voted for Titanic over No Country. It's, for that is, but, I mean, I said that confidently. That is a tough call. <laughs> Like those right. are two very good. Movies, I mean, you obviously. guys are both forgetting about Jurassic Park, which wow. might just be the winner. <laughs> the first movie we covered on the podcast, which is literally brilliant. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. Okay, but between Hurt Locker and No Country for Men, uh, Mark, why don't you go? It's tough because I feel like I have watched the Hurt Locker more times, and I've only seen No Same. Country twice. So Same. Hurt Locker is probably more personal to me. Um. Yeah, I I would probably say that Glorious Bastards is better than No Country, and by the transitive property, Hurt Locker is better than No Country. Because right. I voted for Hurt Locker over Inglorious Bastards. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Sure. By the transitive uh, property, this is this the, is maybe me regretting last week's pick. But you're the math guy, so. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's gonna kind of be the wild thing i said when we were voting for no country for old men that i like it's not my favorite cohen movie so like am i really going to fight that hard for 
not even my favorite of their movies, not even my second favorite of their movies, maybe not even my third favorite of their movies, maybe third. I don't know. That's kind of how I feel, too, because it's not my favorite Coen Brothers movie. I like this serious man more than uh, no insurance. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's Lewin Davis and Fargo for me that are sure. the definitely so the top two above. Good. Are you going to pick but, Lewin Davis for that year? Yes. Um, Someone is. I'll tell you that. It's such a good movie. I think I'm going to have to go with the Hurt Locker. I do think oh, I yeah. am. I don't know that Hurt Locker is going to make it far after this. It, but, it will not. I, I but predict I, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think in this moment right now and what that movie like does and how it does it. Um, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's good. Scrappy Look, all underdog. I'm, all I'm saying is that if next year goes the way I think it's going to go, King's yep. speech has hurt locker with no, no questions. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to keep saying what, like the Oscars just top themselves again every year from now on. Oh man. King's speech versus the artist. Huh? <laughs> I mean, this the artist is just tough. so much better, clearly. Uh, oh, God. Man. I'm not I looking forward I, to watching the artist. I started that and 10 minutes in, I was like, nah, I'm turning it I've been, I've been practicing. I've been watching a couple of silent films this year. So by that, yeah. a couple, I mean two. That's what a couple um, means. Yeah. Hey, you know what? You're actually right. <laughs> All right. Shut up, you idiots. <laughs> Let's wrap up. Um, yeah, we're a, a couple of idiots. <laughs> that means two. <laughs> There's two of us. <laughs> you can right, find me at Chad A. Oliver yeah. on Twitter and Instagram and uh-huh. Letterboxd. And you can listen to my other podcast, Lord of the Rings Sentence, where I talk about the Lord of the Rings one sentence at a time. And you can follow that podcast at the sentence. Chad, what else? Hey, what movie are you looking forward to, Chad? And I'm looking. What did you say first? I asked you what movie you're looking forward to. I want some credit there. Yeah. I am looking forward to watching the new Conjuring movie, uh, The Conjuring 3. Uh, I like those movies a lot. Nope. I haven't watched the new Annabelle yet. but uh, Full Chad, credit, please. It is not called The Conjuring 3. What is what the is subtitle? Can he do it? Can uh, he do it? The Demon on Don't Fleet make... Street. Ooh. Uh, no. You know, the Conjuring. I, I, the I Devil to... Made Me Do It. The Devil, the, made, the Devil Made Me Do It. That's uh, you the should watch me. Annabelle 3. It's not bad. It's the second yeah, best been, Annabelle movie. I've been meaning to get around to it. I really like the second Annabelle. Um, the second one's the best one. The first one's the worst one. It's crazy yeah, the first that one, a franchise exists where the first one's all. The first one is like horrible, and they shouldn't have made a second one. But the fact that they did, and it was very good, uh, makes me happy. Yeah. And the third one's good. Mark, where can people find you? What are you looking forward you to? You can follow me on at Wallington Mark on all of the platforms. That's Letterboxd. That's Instagram. That's Twitter. Uh in terms of what I'm looking forward to, uh, I want to go ahead and go off brand and say that I'm looking forward to Spirit Untamed. The no, sequel you're to not. Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron, uh, a movie that I stand and made Cody watch and he enjoyed. Yeah, it was solid. I don't think it's going to be as good as the first Mark, one. This, you haven't seen the television series, which this is what this is a movie version of the television well, series. Well, I'm obviously going to binge the TV series before okay. I watch the movie. You so. know, there's like eight seasons. <laughs> I'm not going to watch that fucking TV show <laughs> on Netflix. And the animation looks like butthole. Um, yeah, when I watched the trailer for Spirit Untamed, I was like, wow, this kind of looks like Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron, but bad. Oh, okay, it is. Well, it's and it's modern day. It's one of those weird IP things where it's like 
guys, you could have just made a horse show. Nobody really would have cared that it's much. Such a shame because like the first movie is like gorgeous. Good. It's like good. like yeah. realistic performances from the horses. Mm-hmm. And then that studio was like, what about Shrek? What if we make a Shrek movie? Shrek and that was, was Shrek to be was fair, before, but it's but still the they made four more Shrek movies instead of it, any more spirit movies. They stopped making animated or hand drawn. They were doing hand drawn yeah. and computer at the same time and then just dipped to computer. Um, you can find me at Cody Lunsford underscore on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow this show at we pick picks W E P I C K P I C S. You can find me at Letterboxd um, at Cody Lunsford. Um, you can listen to my other show. We need to talk about Spider-Man. I think Chad talked about it, but I may have zoned out. No, I didn't. Um, I just talked about yeah. my show. Okay. Okay, I host We Need to Talk About Spider-Man with Chad and um, we just talked about Spider-Man 3 with great guest Scott Corelli and we will be talking about the amazing Spider-Man with our good friend Mark Wallington uh, in the month of June. Uh, I'm also movie... going to be on the Lord of the Rings Sentence podcast. I think yeah, you will have this comes out and the you... episode after this comes out. Yeah, you will have just been on one and you will about to be on one when this comes out. We three kings of Orient are also going to be on uh, Igniting, Igniting the, the Spark, Spark. Yes. Uh, which is Callie Smith's podcast about Star Wars. I'm talking about, talk about Mandalorian. Mando. I got episode uh, two. I not know when that comes out. It's I, gonna be, oh, have you recorded? I haven't recorded yet. Mine's I still recorded, a while away. I recorded my first episode. I think that she's she's banking them up. Yep. So I am just recording be on the week. lookout. Yeah. Be on the lookout. Hey, Mando on a rewatch. It's still good. Yeah. Still good. I, I'm really interested to watch it. Like, because I'm not watching the whole show. I'm just going to watch yeah. my episodes. Interested to see how it holds I up. The movie that I'm looking forward to that these two. The movie I'm looking forward to that these idiots forgot to mention was In the Heights. I was, I was leaving funny. that for you. Did not realize that he was just, coming out. I didn't look at the whole list you sent. <laughs> that well, no, it's the it's yeah, the big it's gonna save movies. Opener. Yeah. It's it's. I'm so excited. Good morning, Yusnavi. Indeed. Like, no, come on. no, you have to sing it. Good morning, Yusnavi. Yeah, that's better. That's perfect. That that's trailer perfect. gave me chills every time I watched it. Uh, We've been saving up our pennies in our piggy such banks. Such a cringe chuggy asshole i don't know if this is chuggy to cry in a trailer or not but i've cried like no. several times when the trailers are on it's so good gives me chills i'm so yeah. fucking excited for this movie i, I um, am too and i don't care it's maybe my it. most anticipated movie over the next couple months honestly um yeah i mean there's like a marvel movie coming out first one in two years and i'm more excited about this one for sure yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Um, Nothing against it's Black also Widow. Like, it looks, looks good. No, it looks fine, but it's like I needed to see Black Widow fucking two years ago. Yep. <laughs> um, at this point, I'm just kind of like, oh, I've seen it. And I, I haven't. But anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Um, Mark, what's the best movie of 2009? It's The Hurt Locker. Uh, Chad, what's the best movie of our lifetime up until 2009? Or just up 2009? <sighs> Apparently it's the Hurt Locker because I disagree with my podcast. Says, uh, Cody, what's the best movie of our lifetime? And just 2009 specifically. 
if you could sum it up for this episode and maybe this episode only it is the hurt locker thanks everybody for listening and remember hell is a teenage girl Pitch the show so I can hang yeah. up and then eat some food because I'm hungry. Uh, well, Chad wants to get out of here, so I'll make it fast. The social network is uh, is in two weeks. It's on Netflix. It's on Hulu. Just watch it. It's great. Bye.